Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome back. I believe this is number 15. Vince here. Here with Darren and Libby. Hello. We'd like to unfortunately start off by recognizing those people who were hurt or lost their lives in the uh, Toronto van tragedy. An incident just happened in uh, downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Somebody, for one reason or another, took a van and drove up the sidewalk and tragically hitting people. Ten people lost their lives. Numerous people were hurt and it just shook Toronto. But there was uh, one shining light that I was talking with Darren about earlier. Oh, I just thought it was really impressive. I actually watched the video of a Toronto policeman arresting the van driver. I saw the same video. From my perspective, it definitely got the feeling that the van driver wanted to die by police yeah. uh, gunshot. He wanted the police to shoot him, point out his phone and at the officer. To the officer's credit, he didn't shoot him. I thought that was uh, quite amazing because I was trying to picture myself in his place and uh, how ridiculously frightening it would be to have somebody making those moves on you um, without me actually deciding to fire on him. We talk about police and many times in a negative context. I just thought it was kind of important to bring up that positive side of it. That, kudos to that man. Definitely. I, I would have to completely agree with that. And especially in, in a time where there's been a shoot first and ask questions later. Families of victims can get a bit more closure and hopefully find the reasoning be behind this fellow's uh, decision to do what he did and, you know, hopefully face uh, some victim statements in the courtroom. I think that's something he deserves. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a really impressive of the Toronto Police Force, so kudos to them. Absolutely. And we're really hoping by next week we'll have something nice <laughs> to uh, open <laughs> up the positive. podcast with. <laughs> Well, I mean, on the upside, um, Bitcoin seems to be making more upward moves. I think it's currently at around 9,500. 9,550. It's gone up another thousand. I mean, maybe to go down a couple thousand next week. Who knows? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, we're on our third week of climb. Apparently, the word is that there's generally a more positive global outlook to Bitcoin's regulations and things are starting to get the uh, rubber stamp of approval can't really point to any one thing but it seems like things are looking more bullish for bitcoin hearing that soros is he's decided to start buying in and i think on max kaiser he mentioned that if soros does actually buy in he predicts bitcoin will hit a hundred thousand before george soros has a full position and just because he's got so much money positive news i think there's now 500 wall street funds hedge funds and investment funds that are now poised and waiting to start buying into bitcoin well they're waiting for regulation correct yeah well, it's Which starting to come around ever come oh it's the general feeling is if wall street money pours in it's pretty hard to argue bitcoin's gonna tank but who knows, right? I can't predict, but uh, the sentiment is definitely bullish. Maybe not bullish enough for me to get scared and think, well, it's too bullish and it's probably going to go down now because that's also usually what happens with investments. When people get way too positive, then everything starts to go wrong. So yep. 
ultimately bitcoin will eventually go down but who knows how far it's going to go up first i don't know even in a bullish market it's nice to see especially for uh us crypto geek who uh like to see it when it goes up like to see it moving they're all moving yeah Rip, ripple's up didn't you say luna's up <laughs> they're they're all up but i have to mention ripple again because i still hold a little bit i know i know you like ripple doesn't it concern you though that how many billion ripple are they holding back you don't know yes. the number yet well you mean the market cap numbers that we were talking about? Well, somebody in Ripple is sitting on... I don't know how many million or billion Ripple. What did Ryan say it was getting released every year? I I would have to go back and listen. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. You start looking at the market cap and how many Ripple are out there yet to be released on the unsuspecting public. You know, sure, at a buck, two bucks, but... Well, this is the way I'm looking at Ripple. I'm not looking at Ripple like I'm looking at Bitcoin. Okay. I'm looking at taking my Bitcoin and putting it into a wallet and watching, see what happens 10 years from now. My Ripple, I just like the fact that I'm gaining a dollar here, a dollar there. I like to play with my Ripple. I, I'm not going to put my Ripple and not look at it. Well, I don't really understand your point, but I guess that's what makes you, you. <laughs> okay. okay. So you think Ripple's going to hit two bucks? Actually, I think last week I said Ripple will hit $24 by 2020. Okay. I need to know how many Ripple are ultimately out there. I just don't know. No, you, you want to work it out. Well, it's, that could be like $24 trillion, which is bigger than the world's economy. Well, there you go then. <laughs> right? You don't know, right? Didn't we already get through saying it's worth like trillions of dollars as it is? Like, it's ridiculous. I predicted a price, and yet I, I start to look back thinking, my God, how many Ripple are out there at that price that's literally more money than there is in the world? <laughs> so, I don't know, you know, there is an upper limit. I guess. I certainly don't see Ripple at 2000. I think I said that in 2030 would be 2000. <laughs> I think 12 bucks to 15 bucks is pretty high flying for a Ripple, but I don't know, right? Sure, I mean, prove me wrong. I definitely know in my life I've been wrong a lot more than I've been right. It seems like the more sure I am of something, the more the more I'm proven wrong. So who knows? Anyways, just for everybody who doesn't know this, it's a uh, perfect storm in Toronto tomorrow night. The Maple Leafs play Game 7 against uh, the Boston Bruins, who, if anybody is a Leaf fan, will remember Boston beat the Leafs, who were killing them, and it's like uh, they're cursed. So it's Game 7. So the Leafs <laughs> play Game 7 tomorrow when chance to take out Boston, their nemesis. Uh, the Jays play at home. The Raptors play at home, and I believe so do Toronto FC. So what's, what's Toronto FC? Uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, soccer, or as everybody else out in the world would say, it's it, football. European football, thank you, Darren. Football? Yes, football. Not the American football, but the world football. <laughs> do they also call it footy? Oh, sure. Well, I've heard footy sometimes. It'd be yeah. called footy, yeah. I'm just curious. So, yeah. And American football is American football, because that's the only place where people play it. Well, that's what it's known by, sure. Does anyone play it anywhere else? Canada. Yeah. Oh, Canada. We have the CFL. House Hunters International, which I watch because I dream about what other places look like sometimes. <laughs> and more than once, an American goes over into Europe and they wind up playing and, or coaching a, an American football yeah. league. There's something going on there, over there. I'd be surprised if there's not a paid league in almost every large country. And I think even like, NFL. Yeah, American yeah. football, right? It's, but it's nothing compared with 
soccer slash footy. No, no. Oh, no, no. That's no. European football is by well, far yeah, a England, huge like, economy. It's everywhere. Yes. Well, I mean, what about cricket, though? I mean, you could argue that cricket is even bigger than the, no, the no. European football, isn't it? No. No. Oh, no. no, no, no. It's big, but it's, no, it's nothing compared to soccer. Really? Oh, yeah. Doesn't your sister go to, like, a cricket match and they spend three days and take a cooler of yeah, alcohol? She's, yeah, and... she is passionate about cricket. And, and there definitely are people that are very passionate. Are people are passionate about sports here, too. I know it's hard to say if they're more passionate in Europe, but people no. really... We have hockey. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the saying. We're more passionate about different sports. Yeah, it's different. Yes, it's different sports. Yeah. The problem is you can put 100,000 football fans in a stadium. Yeah, true. You can't put 100,000 yeah. hockey fans in a stadium. No, so that's right. When you can do that, you got a lot of people you're dealing with. But the cricket is big. And, of course, there are some big countries that also play cricket. Yeah. India is probably the biggest. Australia is very, very strong with cricket. Yeah. There's not many countries. But by population, I mean, India is pretty darn big it is big yeah and cricket is probably their most and I think Pakistan sport. all those uh... yeah Pakistan also very strong I, I don't know I think Hila is pretty big too is it though uh, I it's an indoor so. sport though what right well kind of indoor pardon I don't even know what that is. It's you take a big slingshot like thing with a big scoop on the end with a big wooden ball and you throw it against the wall. The They're, ball goes flying. It sounds like a medieval sport. Well, people can get hurt. Bad Watch it. It's amazing. It's not like cricket, surely. It's not as popular as cricket. No. Oh, I don't no, know the numbers not. on it. It's nowhere near as popular as cricket. It makes me just want to ask Google right now. Ask Google. I'm like one of my best friends, Luke, who we're hoping to get on the show, by the way. When we lived in London, he, we lived near Oval, which is I don't know if you know anything about cricket, probably not. That's one of the biggest cricket stadiums is, so, you know, he'd get on the tube and go and wait. I never went to one. You never went to a cricket match? boring as heck. Well, it's a lot of time to dedicate. Days long. Wow. Oh, it's so dull. And even if you drink, you're still there for 12 hours. You can't slam cricket, though, because many of our listeners probably love cricket. I know. It's <laughs> I got nothing against cricket. I'm not a big sports watcher anyway, but I, I find the length with cricket is crazy. Like, my sister would go in fancy dress. Like, they make a real event out of it. Right, okay. All her friends were passionate about it. See, I can't even get four hours to go for a golf game. I, I, I couldn't imagine doing no. more multiple days for a cricket match. Well, yeah, just, I mean, they don't do it I just, so I just don't have the time. Uh, cricket, over a billion people watch cricket. Let's get the demographics. Demographics, oh. Google. Boy, uh, football's 3.2 billion. Yeah, European so football. Yeah, yeah. football's the big one. Yeah. Because yeah. then you, you've got Latin America. Oh, got, yeah, that's right, Latin America. Brazil, Venezuela. Good like, Lord, the, yeah. The Argentina, oh my goodness, very strong. And then, of course, you've got Europe. Oh, the Central American countries, too, they watch it. So the Leafs are in playoffs, then, I'm assuming. The Leafs are there. They're in Game 7 against Boston. It's anybody sits one game. be nice to see them, especially beat Boston. I used to follow sports. I don't know what happened to me. I just fell right off the rails. You watch boxing now and again. Yeah, I watch some boxing and a bit of UFC and things. Well, it's all time, isn't it? I mostly just watch it when it gets down to crunch time. A lot of fans that just start taking it seriously in playoffs. Same with baseball. The season's so long. How many games in a regular baseball season? Like 134 or something? Sure, yeah. Don't have time to watch it. I don't watch it. I watch the Olympics occasionally. The Winter Olympics were really enjoyable to watch this year. I think they generally are. See, I haven't had time either, really. The Summer Olympics are awesome as well. Now we've got that amazing app. That's a life changer. Hopefully they'll get better. Brits are good at cycling and all this random stuff, but here you wouldn't show that at all. They didn't show cross-country skiing at all. Which is weird. 
for I Canada. Know. I did find that weird because we knew someone that was in it. Yeah, yeah. There was and I really wanted to watch it. And she won the gold. Hmm. Didn't see it. No. Unfortunately, what you get over here is your coverage is American sports, right? Well, no, but with the CBC app, though, it was it opened up a lot more windows into oh, watching yeah. what you wanted. Yet, I still found the variety wasn't enough. Yeah. Hopefully, it's the point where every event you'll have the option of just watching yeah. it, right? That'd be so wonderful because it's basically just curling, figure skating, and whatever was on at the hill. That oh, seemed yeah. to be what there was. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was spotty. I thought the coverage. Anyways, yeah, enough of all that. Uh, let's talk about some Bitcoin again. What are we going to talk about now? Well, when we were uh, off mic here, Darren and I were talking about an interesting subject. The time and expense it currently costs to purchase something with Bitcoin. What's the expense part? As far as how much money it costs and how much time. How much money does it actually cost to buy something with Bitcoin? Well, I believe, and I can only quote what I paid, but depending on how much you put in, it's a percentage. No. No? Out on the exchange or on the exchange? Oh, okay. oh that's different. Exchange right. is one thing, but exchange is like one a transaction, thing. though. A transaction, yes. But if I wanted to send you a tenth of a bitcoin, yeah, right now, yes, I could probably pay 15 cents and you'd receive it within 15 minutes. But the problem is the 15 minutes, right. As far as making a purchase, we're talking about, you know, even being able to spend your Bitcoin walking into a store and buying something. So I wonder if the high level Bitcoin programmers have started to tackle this problem. What do you think? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, since you set yourself up, you didn't even give me a chance to. Lightning Network. Lightning Network. And don't bore the shit out of our listeners, please, but give them a little insight on how Lightning Network works. Uh, oh, God. oh no. Well, sometimes the most revolutionary things are boring by nature. Oh, okay. Signing of the Magna Carta. Revolutionary. Boring? Well, I took it in history class and I fell asleep. It was pretty dull. I it, studied it. It's as pretty well. dull. But very revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Right? Power to the people and all okay. that on paper. Anyways, Lightning Network. Heard some chat about it over the last couple of months. From a high level perspective, tried to. Re- understand it and read through it and i didn't get too far but lately on reddit there's been some easy to read type documents that people put in there to talk about the lightning network and why it's so interesting could you please tell everybody what it is oh as everyone knows and we talked about it even with uh, ryan and his reason for choosing to go with ripple is mm-hmm. because it'll do what thousands of transactions a second exactly. or something like yes. that and the fact that bitcoin is limited to seven transactions a second even when he, he was talking about that the lightning network came to mind you always have to give credit to high level programmers who really look to solve problems that really hamper the usability of the program and in this case for bitcoin it is the low transaction level count which hinders it from becoming a much more widely adopted virtual currency so the lightning network was an idea that was brought up quite a while back and has actually been implemented it is pretty much through testing phase and it will be released probably much like a tidal wave on the world once, <laughs> once people really understand how powerful it will be. Okay, so the Lightning Network gets approved. It gets listed. 
Yeah. And I'm a business, and I would now like to start accepting Bitcoin. How do I use the Lightning Network in order to help my business? Uh, the Lightning Network is effectively, from what I understand it, I mean, sure, I should have researched it more. My understanding of the Lightning Network right now is it is an off-chain, meaning off the Bitcoin blockchain payment system that is inevitably starts and ends on the blockchain of Bitcoin, but all the transactions in between are off-chain, which means they use lightning nodes to transact. To walk you through it, I think the Eclair wallet, as I mentioned in the last podcast, yes. now supports the, the lightning uh, payment network. To start, you need to open or a payment channel. So it's opening network. up an account on li- under well, the Lightning Network, right? Uh, I guess, yeah. An account meaning like, okay, say I got some Bitcoin. I want to send $50 worth of Bitcoin yes. to open up a payment channel on the network. The $50 worth of Bitcoin is sent to open the channel. It takes time, maybe a minute, maybe 15 minutes for the Bitcoin transaction to be verified and then bam, all of a sudden I've got a payment channel that's open. From that point, I go to my coffee shops or favorite falafel shop for lunch. And if they accept lightning payments, I walk up with my phone, boom, pay them. The transaction takes seconds, not minutes or half an hour as it does with Bitcoin. The cost is extremely minimal. I think right now it's probably in the five cent range, much less than the debit card. The transaction is verified and complete. The payment channel can stay open as long as I want. I can choose to close the payment channel anytime I want, but in between the opening and closing, you basically can spend your Bitcoin on the Lightning Network and it's instant and it's probably cheaper than a debit card. I can't guarantee it, I'm not quite sure, but once merchants really start to accept the Lightning Network and people start using the Lightning Network, I see a lot of these arguments. Bitcoin will never truly be adopted because it's a slow transaction times. I mean, it's just going to go away. It, it will just disappear. Sounds like a very good thing for the commerce of Bitcoin. Well, exactly, right? Because everyone says, oh, well, Bitcoin is uh, basically like gold. You'll never go into a Starbucks and put a brick of gold on the counter to, to buy a coffee. Yep. But all of a sudden... Bitcoin, it's morphing and changing and it's always doing so for the better. There's a lot of people working on it that they almost treat the virtual currency like a religion. I guess my point is you can never really count Bitcoin out. It's it's quite exciting times. I kind of look at Bitcoin, judge it in weekly increments. Yeah. And we've got a bullish market right now. We've got, you know, what we talked about with the Lightning Network. It's all leading to good places for Bitcoin, I think. Yeah. What's coming down the pipeline with the Lightning Network? I think even I am underestimating the potential for this. It's so huge. It might not be perfect coming out of the uh, gate, but it's only going to get better and better and better. Yeah, well, they've gone through a lot of trials and errors. I mean, there's people now that are using it, like, constantly. It's... How long have we all been waiting for the day to walk into a coffee shop, order a coffee, point your phone at cashier, hit the barcode and boom, and your payment's done in five seconds and you're gone. As Tim Draper said a little while ago, in two or three years, you go into a coffee shop and you try to pay 
for a coffee and cash and people are going to laugh at you. The turnaround is going to be that fast. Debit, Visa, MasterCard, or Bitcoin. I heard PayPal just raise their fees for uh, sending money to family and then international transfers. Their rates really just got jacked up. Coincidence or not, it's about the time Bitcoin really started to pop. Well, they're going to fight it. They're going to fight it tooth and nail. Well, PayPal's prices go- have gone up. It just hammers home. Bitcoin is just becoming more and more of a viable, cheaper, faster option for moving currency from person to person or business to business, vendor to vendor. Cheaper. It's just better. Better in every way. And uh, the Lightning Network is, to me, uh, a massive nail in the coffin of traditional based monetary systems like credit cards, money transfers, all that kind of stuff. Who needs it? Things are changing and they're changing for the better. I'm, I'm glad I own some Bitcoin. <laughs> that's yeah, all I'm saying. That sounds great and it definitely sounds like something we should uh, track for a while. And yeah, give it a try and see how easy it is to use. Yeah. Ultimately, people want to know if who's tried it, so maybe we should get in and see how we can do and try it out for everybody and let them know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the real problem is still getting the merchants to accept it, right? Sure. Because if nobody takes Lightning Network from a merchant side of things... Oh, gonna... maybe we could buy a burrito in India and have it sent over here and see if it works. My feeling is that Japan's probably about a year ahead of the rest of the world in that regard. It always is. Well, because they were so cryptocurrency friendly to start with, they're so much further along. I think I just read the news today where there's a chain of 74, 75 spas. A chain of spas in Japan, right, that are now accepting... Bitcoin. Nice. I mean, every day you're reading about it, right? Japan is definitely becoming very cryptocurrency friendly, and and I love it. Part of the reason I love it is it almost gives you a look where the rest of the world's going to be in a year or two. Well, when I was there in 1999 to 2001, everyone had what they call K-Tai, which is cell phones. I'd never even really seen a cell phone before. Yeah. Everyone had them, and they could take photos in their little K-Tai. Yeah. And that was, what, 10 years before it really took off here for five years they're so cutting edge yeah anyways well that's my little spiel on the lightning network Uh, anyone has questions let me know we know you're out there listening to us but we'd love to take some questions send them in libby would be more than happy to filter through them and we will gladly get to yours We'll, we'll work your way through yeah and also i mean you know I probably quote bad stats or say something wrong every episode. So <laughs> if anyone wants to correct me, let me know. I'm more than willing to say I made an error. Oh, I think we've said many <laughs> times none of this is actually <laughs> accurate. Uh, yeah, I can accurately tell you that the majority of the stats I do give you are <laughs> correct. Close, fine? Uh, yeah, sure. Close is horseshoes okay, right? And, horseshoes and podcasts. Sure. Close. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Thanks for coming out tonight, everybody. Yeah, thank you. May the coins forever fall in your favorite. Good night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.